0: The message that I share with you this morning is called Between the Cross and Heaven. We're on a journey here, and we are between the cross and heaven. Now that you have been saved by the cross of Jesus Christ, you are heaven-bound, and something should be taking place in your life with an ever-increasing glory, a maturity in Christ that is continually growing from glory to glory, or with ever-increasing glory. So what is happening, I would ask, in your life between the cross and heaven? And so we take our text this morning from Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Paul says this, Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect or complete, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me, Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now, obviously, Paul is not talking about salvation. That prize and that goal is not salvation because he said, I haven't obtained it yet. We know he did. We know Paul was a saved man. What Paul is talking about is what takes place in your life after you get saved. He said, we are heaven bound, we are heavenward. And that I've been saved, there is a prize or there is a goal that I must take hold of. And that is his destiny, his purpose and his will. The very reason Christ did save him. In fact, let's get into this. I'm going to show you these four points very simply. Number one, he says to take hold of your call. He said, Not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect or complete, but I press on to take hold of that. Say that. 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 Hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. There's his salvation. Christ took hold of him. That's his salvation. Now that Christ took hold of him, he needs to take hold of that. What's the that? The reason he was saved. Paul says we have to take hold of this thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Take hold of it. That means you have to grasp it. It has to become yours. You have to bring this thing into your life. You have to take hold of it. Meaning you can let it go and let it slip out of your life. You can let it pass you by. He says, you, it is your responsibility to take hold of this thing, your calling in life, your purpose in life. You must take hold of it. He says in Ephesians 2 verse 8 that we are saved by grace through faith, not by works, lest any man would boast as if it was their works that saved them. No, we're saved by grace. That's salvation. And then he goes on and he says in verse 10, for we are saved. God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which He has prepared in advance for us to do. Do you understand what He's saying there? You've been saved, and now you are saved to become His workmanship to do. Your doing doesn't save you, but once you're saved, you're now called to do His work. Which he has already prepared in advance for you to do it. When did he prepare this in advance? Before time began, God had established what you would do in your calling. God had a purpose and a destiny for you that was called out from the beginning of time. And once you go into maturity as a Christian, you begin to realize the sovereignty of God and the sovereignty of the call on your life and the sovereign actions you take daily to walk into the will of God. In 1 John, it says in 1 John chapter 2, John gives three stages to the Christian life. He says to you little children, he says we thank God because you know God is your savior. And so when you're first saved, you you give praise to God. You thank God. Uh, I know Jesus. I'm saved now. And I used to be a sinner. Now I'm made a saint. And Praise God. Hallelujah. My sins are forgiven. And that's the camp you're hanging around in and you're growing in that. But then he says to you young men who have overcome the devil. As you grow in your Christian maturity, you learn about the armor of God. You learn about the fight of God. You learn how to bind the enemy. Take the enemy and to pray for people. Pray for yourself and, and do the works of righteousness. But then he says, to you fathers. Now we're moving in the realm of the mature, the full stature. He said, you have known him from the beginning. You see, a father or a mature saint has the perspective now, not just of being saved. See, too many Christians stay around the cross. They stay just at the cross. You need to know the security of your salvation, the security of the cross, the security of your justification. So that you can walk in sanctification into the things God wants you to do. It's time to forget about yourself and move now into the kingdom principles. And he says, You fathers have known God from the beginning. In other words, you begin to move in a maturity and a depth of understanding that I have a purpose that God ordained before the foundations of time. God had a purpose in this entire scheme of mankind and history. There is a sovereign, providential work of God that we are walking in. The perspective is bigger, it's grander, and you begin to walk in that kind of destiny. Young Christians most of the time don't walk in that kind of destiny. They're just figuring out what can I do, what shouldn't I do, right? But you're walking as mature people in a destiny. Paul said this, I press on to take hold for that which Christ took hold of me. In other words, Christ saved me. He took hold of me so that I'd take hold of my destiny. You getting this? I thought someone would say amen to that. Christ took hold of you so that you take hold of the destiny he has for you. So you have to take hold of it. We have to do it. God delivered you for a purpose. In this room right here, you are a saved people that God has ordained and called to a destiny. He grasped or he took hold of you so that you would now take hold of what he wants you to take hold of. You have to know that. He's prepared this destiny in advance. Now, what does he go on to say? How do we do this? Take hold of that for which Christ took hold of me. And he said this, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. There's the next point. How are you going to reach forward to take hold of your destiny if you're looking backwards? We have to forget what's behind us. Too many Christians cannot do that. They don't press forward because they're so busy looking behind. You've got to know that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. We've got a lot of Christians who are so busy looking at their past failings. I messed up here, I messed up there. They're walking for Jesus backwards like this. Oh, look at the mess I've left. Well, you're going to make more mess if you don't turn around and look where you're going. Paul said, I've got to forget what I've left behind. He said, I consider my position as a Pharisee, my position on the Sanhedrin, my position sitting under Gamaliel and being one of the greatest leaders and rabbis. He said, that position I consider dumb. I'm throwing it out. I call it rubbish. It's in the trash. Where do you put rubbish? In the trash. So forget about it. These issues, these sins, these things that you can't get past, you keep re-examining yourself on. You keep re-judging yourself over. Would you throw it out in the trash? God said he'd put it between his shoulders and his back. He said he would throw it into the depths of the sea. And he said he would separate it from himself as far as east is from the west. So why do you keep going back there? He's fully, uh, he is fully satisfied and reconciled to us. There's nothing that is restricting God from us. He's satisfied because of the goodness of you? No, because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Fully justified you. So you need to forget about the past. Forgetting about those past failures. Okay, so you tried once or twice and you failed. Forget it and keep going. Get back up. Now, some of you can't forget about uh, your flesh. You keep thinking about yourself. You keep thinking about your woundedness. You keep thinking about your issues. It's time for you to forget about you. This isn't about you. How are you going to walk in your destiny if you're continually concerned about your issues? You need to look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. You've got to keep your eyes on him. How many of you have ever seen a a race where they have batons? Hmm? You see those races with batons? It's a relay race. All right? And so we're to pass this faith on. It's fun to watch them. And it's fun to see inexperienced people run those races. Because if you're not watching, and if you're not paying attention, if you got your eyes on the past, you're supposed to be receiving that baton while you set your sight forward. And and so you have to run. The runner's running, and he's got to let you to know, go, 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 because you have just a window of opportunity to, to transition that baton. Too many of us are running, looking backwards. Forget about it. You've got to put this stuff away. You are secured by your salvation. What you failed at, you failed at. Get back up and let's go. Forget about those issues. Forget about your pride. And forget about this. And and forget about, uh, well, what about my leg? Or what about my arm? What about my economy? Just get moving forward. Press forward. Jesus said this. When it came to his return, Jesus said, It will be just like this on the day the Son of Man is revealed. Now, we know that he's talking about the second coming of Christ, but I want to ask you, How often every day does the Son of Man reveal himself to you? To do his good and perfect will. He said, It's going to be like this on the day the Son of Man's revealed. On that day, there'll be those on the roof house. And uh, with his goods inside and he'll go down inside to get them. He said likewise there'll be a man in the field and he'll go back to his house to get something. He says no you don't do that. Don't go back when it's time for his coming. You go. And he says this last thing. Remember Lot's wife. What do we know about Lot's wife? What did she do? She looked back. What was she looking for? What did she have? Her house. We saved so much for that house. We worked hard to be at the city gate. Lot, you worked so hard to be at the head of that city. Lot, you're a righteous man. Everything we worked for is going to be gone. That favorite couch that we had. Oh, the photos of the kids. Come on, pay attention, lady. This is serious, right? Jesus, God said one thing. Don't look back. There's everything trying to draw your attention to the past, to the past, to the past. God said, I have so much set for you ahead of you. What is past is past. Most of us can't let go of the past. And God is saying, I have a destiny for you. I have saved you for that destiny. You're called to it. Look To the future. Now let's talk about Lot's wife wife, for a minute. She was saved from the destruction. Can you imagine that? She was absolutely saved from this incredible nuclear explosion that God brought on Sodom. He just rained fire down on that city, absolutely destroyed it. He couldn't find 10 righteous men in it. That's a sad affair, isn't it? But he saved and pulled out four. And so these four come out, Lot, his wife, and his two daughters. And as they're coming out, he says, do not look back. And so as they're leaving, here it is. She's delivered, she's saved from that destruction, but she lost and didn't hold on to or take hold of God's instruction. And Because she did that, she turned and t- turned into salt, a pillar of salt. You know, now I don't know if she actually turned into a pillar of actual salt or if that That amazing, intense furnace of fire coming from heaven crystallized her and her body right where it was. Do you know what I'm saying? Just made her a pile of ash. I don't know. Uh, Maybe it was a pillar of salt. God can do whatever he wants to do. It's an amazing thing. But how is it she did this? Well, when you read the account, it says that she lagged behind. She was still too attached. Still too attached. How many of us are still... Too attached. We're not walking in the destiny that God has for us. We are not taking hold of the call and the destiny God would have for us today. I mean taking hold like you did your neighbor's hand. We're not taking hold of it because we're turned around looking to the past. And that's what she did. She looked back to see what's happening here when God told her what was going to happen and told them to run ahead. And so she disobeyed. She lived in the right house. She lived with a good man. She was heard the word of the Lord. She moved out, followed God, and was delivered. But that wasn't enough. Someone else can't save her. Someone else couldn't do the work. No one's going to get you more righteous. You have to do it. You have to walk in good works. You have to work in righteousness. You have to let the sanctifying power of the Holy Spirit cleanse and speak into your soul. Nobody else can do it. Think of the Israelites when they were delivered out of Egypt. Here they are, delivered. The Red Sea parts, they cross it. They're going out, and where's their head? (coughs) Thinking about leeks and onions. Don't look back. God ordered them in the book of Deuteronomy to never go back to Egypt. Don't go down and get your horses in Egypt, he told the kings. Do not get your military might there. Don't go back. Do you know why we go back? I'll tell you why. It's familiar. That's why we go back. It's familiar. It's comfortable. We know that, but we don't know the future. But I want to tell you, God is calling you to be mature. If you have the mind of a father in Christ, in that sense of knowing him for who is from the beginning, you would know that God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for this moment. He has a plan for today. He has a plan for tomorrow. And he's asking you to walk in that direction. Take hold of it and get moving. That's the mature son of God. That's a mature saint. Walk in your destiny. Now, last of all, you don't turn back. He says this, forgetting what is behind. Forget it. He says, straining toward what is ahead. He specifically uses the word to strain forward, strain toward. Now, I consider that word strain, and when you think about your body reaching straining forward you can't look backward right if you have set your mind and your soul straining putting all your effort towards what you're going to you can't contradict that by looking backwards and so we must strain with everything we have to move forward in God God is calling us to mature to forget about the past Forget about some of the acquaintances you've had. Forget about your sin issues from the past. Forget about this and that. And strain. Move forward in maturity to the calling He called you to. And I want you to know that calling is unique to you. Well, Lord, I'm not good at it. Could you have someone else do it? God's called you to do it. He'll wait until you're ready. Some of you have been just walking around the same routine. And He's waiting. God's Calls and giftings are without repentance. So he's called you to accomplish something. He's called you to something, and he wants you to accomplish it. Paul said, I haven't even finished it all yet. I'm not done yet. He said, it's not complete, but I strain to do this. He's an old man by this time, but he didn't give up. It's not time to retire. He's straining to look forward to what he can take hold of today for God. I love this about Paul. You see, Paul's talking about his life. You see, when he first got saved, when Christ took hold of him, come here, pal. Right? I mean, Paul was captured by Jesus. Took hold of him. He said, when when Jesus took hold of Paul, he said, I will have you go speak this gospel to kings and rulers of nations. Paul knew that. Paul had a prize set before him. He had a calling and a destiny. I'm going to speak to kings. So when he'd be ministering to people and snakes would come and bite him, he'd get off me. i got to go talk to a king. I don't know when, but I've got a future. People would stone him on the ground. He'd get up bloody and beaten. He goes, well, I haven't talked to a king yet. I guess i got some more time to go. He'd get up, wipe off, and keep going. He'd be shipwrecked. He said, ain't no king around here yet. we got to keep going. He would take hold. He was writing this. He said, I haven't touched it yet, but I know there's a destiny to my life because I know Father has called me to a purpose. You've got to live a life like that, brothers and sisters. When you have a purpose, nothing can stop you. You know you're called to be a parent. You know you're called to be a believer. You know you're called to be a witness. Wherever God has you at that job, you're called to be a light. No matter what you're going through at that job, no matter how troubling and tiring it is, you be the witness God's called you to. It ain't over yet. That's what he's saying. You strain forward. You stretch forward to look ahead. God has an eternal plan for every one of you. So forget about the past. Let go and forgetting what is behind you. Even your accomplishments. You know, I I listen to people. They talk about, oh, I remember. I remember when I used to go to church, we had services that did this. I remember once at the altar, God shook and moved me like this. I remember that one time. Dude, why are you talking about the past all the time? Why can't that happen now in your life? Are you straining forward for God to work that way now? What's the difference? Well, it was just a move of God. What, did he stop moving? Well, it was the church. It was the pastor. It was the people. It was the preacher. You know what? Blame it on everybody else. Would you let the past go and look for a fresh anointing today? What is God saying to you right now? What's the move of God now in your life? There is a fresh anointing like fresh manna sent before us every day. New mercies. There's a new call on your life today. There is a destiny. And what I love about this is, no matter how big or small you, that destiny is, it has a purpose in the sovereignty of God. You matter to the sovereign works of God. Consider Samson. He destroyed the entire Philistine rulers and kings that day when he toppled those pillars down but it was because there was a little boy next to him at the right place at the right time when Samson said would you put my hands on the pillars that boy was at the right place anybody else may not have done it but God had someone to do that small of an act that in fact destroyed the enemy Paul was in the city and his nephew, his little nephew, heard that they were plotting to kill him. He ran and told Paul. They got him out of that city over a bushel. But I'm telling you what, it's because a little boy. This kid was in the right place at the right time to hear the right information and pass it on. Ooh, big ministry. You bet it was. Where would we be today without a Paul? Because some kid helped him. I remember the story about Billy Graham. The day Billy Graham got saved, he came to a church revival and it was filled. He was about to walk out as a young man. And an usher said, where are you going, boys? He was with some friends. He said, that's full. We're going to get out of here. He said, no, let me get some chairs for you. Billy Graham talks about this usher. He was an usher in the church. He wasn't a revivalist. He wasn't a preacher. He wasn't a prophet. He was a man who got a chair at the right place, at the right time, at the right moment, to change that man's life who changed many other lives. That's what I'm talking about, a destiny. Today at Kroger's or today at Gratiot and 15 Mile, you holding a sign, you may never see the result of it. We heard a testimony last week of one girl who was going to abort her baby, but when she saw the sign, one person holding a sign that said, don't do it, she decided not to do it. And that child's life is now here because one person held a sign. Do you see what I'm saying? There is a destiny. It doesn't matter the size of the job. It matters the when, where, how, and why that you stand in place. And so you must strain towards what God has called you to. Don't let the devil cause you to consider sin and failure. Forget it. Put it behind you. Bad relationships. Forget it. Put it behind you. The way you used to think. Put it behind you. Renew your mind. Get rid of the old order. And loneliness, rejection, insecurities. I came from a dysfunctional family. Forget about it. You've got a functional father now. (laughs) Stretch ahead. Jesus is revealed to us every day. He reveals his actions to us. He appears to us continually. Are you going to say, oh, not now, just a minute. God's waiting for you to walk in your destiny. I close with this. I close with this. He goes on to say, Forgetting what is behind, straightening towards what is ahead. He said, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He is focused on heavenward. What's happened between the cross and heaven in your life? Right now, you're between the cross and heaven. Walk in your destiny. There is something God wants you to take hold of today. It's yours. Let no man steal your crown. It is a prize for you, it is your crown and your reward for you. Today, God would have you do something for Him. Don't say, wait a minute, I got to go back and get something. Don't say, oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, I failed before. Forget that, what's in the past. Grasp, hold, Paul said, of what God is giving you now for the prize he has for you. And he says, press on, press on, press on, press on. Perseverance is the key to Christianity. Press on, press on. You fell down, get back up, press on. Grace is all about forgetting these things in the past. I'm doing a new thing, behold, I do a new thing. Can you not see it? Well, no, we can't see it because we're looking backwards. He says, forget about it. Press on, press on. Sometimes you can't repair the past. So what do you got to do? Press on, move, move forward. God is telling all of you here today, there is a hope and a future that God has for you. To bless, to prosper, that means growth, that you would grow in him. Press on, press on.